Hello, hello, hello. So here is the audio version of last week's little mishmash of a post. Joining the Freethinker plus some thoughts on Israel and our darkening world. And just uh, as a prologue to this, uh, on the original written version of this post, Carol, um, a long-time subscriber, uh, disagreed with some of my thoughts on Israel in the comments, and we had, I think, a pretty interesting discussion there, so you might want to check that out. Uh, the link to the written version will be in the post below, this post below. Anyway, here we go. Forgive the self-indulgence, but I want to share some good personal news. I have just started a new job as assistant editor at the Freethinker, one of Britain's oldest and most eminent freethinking-slash-secular magazines. I've written for it a few times, and the editor, Emma Park, recently approached me with a job offer. I was surprised and delighted in equal measure. The Freethinker has reached new heights thanks to Emma's hard work, and now its remit goes far beyond religion and secularism. It covers philosophy, science, politics, current events and more. It also features original interviews and reportage from around the world, from Kiev to Tehran to Nigeria. I'm extremely proud to have become a small part of its long and noble history, more about which you can read in the links below. I'd be very grateful if you visited the website, signed up for the newsletter and followed the Freethinker on Twitter slash X again all linked below. If you're a writer, feel free to pitch or submit to editor at freethinker.co.uk. I recently mentioned that I would be interviewing the scholar Charles Freeman on my substack. Indeed, I still will be, but now I'll be conducting the interview for the Freethinker and republishing it here. The Freethinker interviews are in written format, so it'll be a departure from the usual then discussions, but not less enjoyable, I'm sure. Needless to say, anything I say here or anywhere else outside of my capacity as assistant editor is not endorsed by the Freethinker. All opinions are obviously my own and my own alone, and this goes especially for everything I'm going to say below in this mishmash of a post. One final indulgence. You can find my previous articles for The Freethinker, including reviews of Salman Rushdie's latest novel and Graham Smith's anti-monarchy tract, at the link below. Now, some thoughts on the war in Israel and our darkening world. It's very difficult to say anything about the ongoing horrors in Israel, since everything is moving so quickly. Almost certainly Iran was behind the Hamas attack, but what does that mean for the global order? What does it mean for the revolutionaries in Iran? Was Iran's ally Russia aware of the impending attack, and if so, was it supportive? Could Russia have actually aided the assault? Will the war spread? Will Israel flatten Gaza? Will the Palestinian people ever have freedom and peace? What will happen to the peace talks between Israel and the Arab states? Will Israeli democracy survive the cynical and bigoted Netanyahu? Will China feel emboldened to invade Taiwan? 
Will America's might be spread too thin to respond to China if it does? Will anti-Semitism in the West become even more poisonous? Will far-left fools ever stop valorising the theocratic butchers of Hamas? Well, the answer to that last question at least is pretty obvious. Questions, 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 and yet another hinge moment in global history. We seem to be experiencing quite a few of those lately. I've known staunch supporters of Israel and even the odd Hamas defender in my time, so I know how seemingly intractable this conflict is. But it doesn't have to be. Here are some things that I think every decent person should be able to say without much hesitation and with no contradiction. Number one. Hamas is a theocratic, anti-Semitic, genocidal band of thugs who, when not busy slaughtering Jews, bully and persecute the Palestinian people, beating and threatening dissident Palestinians, deliberately using Palestinians as human shields, and turning Palestinian children into suicide bombers. They are not the friends of the Palestinian people, nor are they noble freedom fighters rising up against a colonial power. They are fascists backed by a powerful theocratic regime, and their ultimate aims are to create an authoritarian Islamic state and to exterminate the Jews. Number two. There have been and are many Palestinian voices who condemn the likes of Hamas and who don't despise Jews. The stifled secular and democratic Palestinian movement deserves to be better known and supported. Think, for example, of Mustafa Barghouti's Palestinian National Initiative, PNI, party. Even if one disagrees with the P&I and Barghouti about certain things as I do, or is even disappointed by Barghouti's waffling over Hamas's attack in recent days, as I have been. Number three. Israel has every right to defend itself against Hamas, and should be materially and morally supported in doing so. Number four. Israel has no right to respond to Hamas with indifference or worse to Palestinian lives, and should be criticised and even materially punished if it does. Number five. The Palestinian people have been and continue to be treated appallingly by Israel, and Jewish fanaticism, often backed by American Christian fundamentalism, is a threat to peace in the Middle East just as Hamas is. This is not to make a moral equivalence between the mostly open and democratic Israel and the far worse Hamas. Number six. The only solution is democracy and coexistence in some form, alongside a repudiation of bigotry and theocracy by all sides. I would make another point, though it's not one that I would expect to be accepted by most people in the way that I think the above points could be. So, number seven. The two-state solution, moribund as it has been in recent years, is still the best hope for peace, creating, as it hopefully would, two democratic and relatively secular nations living side by side, if not in harmony, then at least peacefully. Those who call for a unified, secular, democratic state encompassing all of Israel-Palestine, a contingent that includes Mustafa Barghouti, have my sympathy, but I don't think it is a feasible option, not least because it would likely lead to the mass murder of Jews by Islamists and the people the Islamists have exploited and indoctrinated for decades. We live in a darkening age. An anti-democratic axis is forming, 
if it has not already formed, between Russia, China and Iran. The Israel crisis is part of this broader story and might prove to be a central turning point in it. It is all too easy to fear the end of liberal democratic internationalism, pressed as it is on all sides and from within by vicious enemies. These words of W. H. Auden haunt me more than ever. Exiled Thucydides knew all that a speech can say about democracy and what dictators do, the elderly rubbish they talk, to an apathetic grave. Analysed all in his book, the enlightenment driven away, the habit-forming pain, mismanagement and grief, we must suffer them all again. But there is always hope. Salman Rushdie, in his memoir Joseph Anton, cited and took heart from Gunter Grass's response to an interviewer who had asked if the flame of the Enlightenment was fading. Quote, but there is no other source of light. End quote. There is no other source of light. That's the thing to keep in mind right now, more than ever. <laughs>